Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Mandy Hammond, and I have the honor of filling in for Screen Strong founder, Melanie Hempy, and I am so glad you're here. So welcome, everyone. If you're new, we are so glad that you found us. And for everyone else, welcome back. So today I have an incredible guest on with us that I've been so excited to share her story with you. Um, I had the opportunity to speak with her a couple months back via Zoom. She comes to us from across the world in Australia, and so it's a total honor to get her on the podcast. Her name is Jenny Hoey, and she is a parent coach. She is the founder of Not My Kid. Um, She's also one of our ambassadors for Screen Strong, which is amazing. And she is currently studying for a degree in cybersecurity and behavior. So she comes to us with a personal story today. And then also she's really boots on the ground helping parents navigate all of these safety issues and things that are coming up with technology. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you, Mandy. Um, It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, I'm so glad that we have this time together. So we're just going to jump right in. And, you know, really just talk about your personal story and kind of what made you passionate. You know, I've had a chance to talk to you one-on-one and we've really teamed up with you. You're there in Australia and we're over here in the States. And I know we've, we, our messages really align with one another as far as Screen Strong and Not My Kid. Um, that's why we're honored to have you as an ambassador now. But let's just talk about kind of what brought you here. <laughs> and I'll just let you have the mic and you just go. Okay. Um My daughter is now nearly 17. When she was nine years old, something happened to her and it was an online incident. Um, I should say that I I thought of myself as reasonably educated before that. So we had rules in place at home. Um, There were certainly parental controls on the one big iMac we had in the kitchen. There there were no other devices. We gave our children education around um, not playing with people they didn't know, etc. Literally overnight, something changed within her. She was a very outgoing little girl. She loved gymnastics. Um, she loved making slime. Um, just a very a little child, very full of life. And overnight, literally something changed. And she, well, the first thing I noticed was the increase in separation anxiety from me um, to the point where if I wanted to go to the supermarket, she would be hysterical unless she could come with me. She uh, was eating noticeably less. She was she gave up her gymnastics. She'd lost interest in everything that she'd once enjoyed. And we really, my well, her stepdad and I really did not understand what this change could have been about. She'd had her tonsils out a few months earlier. We thought, goodness, was you know was something related to that procedure. One night we were walking, um, taking the dog for a walk, and she said to me um, and my and her stepdad, uh, "You know, do you um, have any dreams?" And I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "Would you have any dreams for the future?" And I said, "Yes, yes, yes, I do. Um, do you?" And she was like, "No," and that was her answer. And I remember thinking that was very odd. A little while later, probably a couple of days, possibly a week later, I got a call from the school. They said, "Please come and fetch her. She's hysterical." She can't be calmed. Um, and when I got there, her teacher had said that she had said that everybody else's heart was warm and red and hers was cold and blue. Um, and now I work in mental health. My husband's a psychiatrist. And that was a real trigger <laughs> 
that was a mm-hmm. warning bell for me. I was like, something's really not right here. Um, got her an appointment with um, a pediatrician who diagnosed her then and there with clinical depression and said, you've got a month to work with a psychologist. And if she does not improve significantly, then I really have no choice but to medicate her. She's quite unwell. And that's a very big decision for any parent of a nine-year-old child. Um, she didn't engage with the psychologist and we did end up having to medicate her, fortunately only for six months uh, because I found someone else who who worked with my husband um, who I trusted and we went to see her and, I, and we worked with her. Things settled down a bit, but I should say um, she never resumed the activities that she'd given up. And, and two year, fast forward two years later uh, the final year of primary school in australia they have something called interrelate which is pretty much basic sex education for kids and she was adamant that she did not want to um take part in those lessons which um again i thought was slightly odd (laughs) it wasn't the type of thing she would normally do and then one night she called me into into her bedroom and she when i say hysterical um, I should probably say distraught. That's probably the, the better yeah. word to use. Um, and she said, mommy, I've done something terrible. And I asked her if she could tell me and she shook her head and she's just scribbled on a piece of paper, the word, um, sex and the word game. <laughs> now mm-hmm. I looked at her yeah. and I realized that she was telling me something which I suspected I knew. Um, but I w- I think I was kind of frozen on the spot internally. I was panicking but I knew that when I saw this little distraught child what I had to do was really comfort her so I went and just wrapped her in my arms and she looked at me and said are you not angry and I said no of course not what I think you're trying to tell me is that um you played a game on the computer and somebody on the other side was maybe saying or doing things that had something to do with sex and so she was like, it wasn't anybody, it was a little child. It was another nine-year-old. And I said, okay. I, she was so distressed that there was no point in trying to, you know, rationalize it with her and, and explain to her that it was actually most likely an adult. Um, she obviously was quite relieved having told me. So she, you know, I put her to bed. I, I was, I didn't sleep that night. And I rang the police the next day and I just said, look, do you have anywhere that you 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 publish on your website where you know, they're, they're a list of games that predators are possibly known to frequent. And they just, they said to me, all of the games. They asked me if she'd make a statement. I said, you know, she was incapable of it. She couldn't talk about it. And um, they said, please tell your daughter she's innocent. Please tell your daughter it was an adult. So I, a few days later, said this to her and she looked really scared. She said, no, 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 mommy, are they going to come and get me? And I said, no, they've told me to tell you this. And um, she said to me, for two years, I thought I was going to go to jail. Uh, the other oh, child okay. told me that if I told anybody else, I would go to jail. <laughs> so that, hence the separation anxiety. It all kind of yeah. made sense. Um, and I just reiterated to her that it wasn't another child and that the police had said there's no way that would have been another child, especially with that type of threat. And I think that... Between the two of us, we continue to get some psychological support. Um, she is now a dancer. She's a, you know, she's a grounded, happy kid. Um, but it was the beginning of my journey, this journey that I'm on now. And uh, probably two years ago, I asked her if I could write the story um, anonymously. And she said, yes, but I don't want to look at it. And I said, that's fine. 
And then she asked me to read it. She said, can I, a few weeks later, she said, Mommy, can I come and read, can I read the story? And I said, yes, of course, it's your story. And then she asked mm -hmm. me if she could share it with a friend. And what I saw was a process of healing, which I would not have been able to envision if I had I not written it. Then last year, I'm sure many of your listeners would be um, familiar with Colin Karchner. Um, I, he, he was in a sense a hero of mine because he spoke a message that I hadn't heard anyone speak so clearly before. He aligned, his message aligned so clearly with mine that I remember listening to one of, one of the first podcasts I ever listened to of his. I almost broke down and thought, I can't believe there's somebody else who actually can see the light like I can. Um, and when he passed away last year, I went to my daughter and I said, how would you feel if we owned the story, if we put our name to the story? And she said that was totally mm -hmm. fine. So, I, you know, it's a bit emotional talking about it, but, yeah, that's really yeah. where I stepped out of, I guess, the shadow and said this is our story and this is why um, I'm doing the work I'm doing. I had started Not My Kid, a private closed Facebook group, Group two years earlier when my little boy started primary school, mainly because I was quite concerned about how little other parents seemed to know about the risks and was really confronted with possibly what I had once thought, which was not my kid. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I guess that's that journey was triggered by my daughter's story and my son starting primary school. And then Colin's passing, which was devastating um made me think we need to have more people who are brave enough to stand up and to actually own a story that has happened to them and that's what I chose to do oh my goodness thank you so much for sharing that and I all I'm sitting here thinking is how brave of you I think there's so much stigma around this still even though it's so common and parents don't realize how common this is and when it happens to them and their child who they thought not my kid mm -hmm. um they it, devastates them and they don't have anywhere to turn. And it sounded like you responded in an incredible way. What would you say to parents who found out this was going on with their child? I mean, how should they respond to them? Comfort them. Uh, I, I know that that is the one reason my daughter trusted me for us to be able to continue on the healing process was the fact that I completely, I could acknowledge to her that night that she was a child, she was curious mm -hmm. and that what she had done was nothing unusual for a little nine-year-old children are yeah. intrinsically curious which is really why I urge parents to delay access to the online world simply because they are not equipped to handle what could be waiting on the other side it's not age segregated the internet at all and mm -hmm. one of the things I find difficult to live with is the fact that for two years I had no idea she was living tortured for two years while we were seeing a psychologist the psychologist was not able to get to the bottom of it and I just wonder how many other children are out there suffering in the same way too scared to say anything and she actually made an interesting comment last year to me she said mommy the other thing that people adults seem to forget is shame she said yeah when you've done something and you know maybe you shouldn't have and something's gone wrong, you feel so ashamed of yourself. And and she's absolutely right. We both, uh, I think that the healing process has enabled us both. I was ashamed. I was ashamed that somehow, this didn't happen under my roof, I should say. It happened at someone else's house. But 
as a parent, you still feel ashamed that <laughs> you allowed, or not that you allowed, that for some reason this happened to your child. Yeah, that it got past you. And yes. I think that, I mean, I was that same parent um, just a couple of years ago too, where it felt like I had all the parental controls, all the things, and I was managing everything, you know, like a good parent should. And we have a good family and good kids. And we talk a lot about this stuff, but it still entered my home. Um, things that I then felt bad about and I felt guilt, you know, yes. that parent guilt. I think it's important for us to realize like our children are the victims in these type of things. Um, but we can, we have the power to, you know, minimize the risk. Absolutely. <laughs> delaying, delaying, delaying. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now in your, you're studying currently for your degree in cybersecurity and behavior. Tell us a little bit about what that is going to be for you and what's going to come out of that with this type of work. I really wanted to have a, a really a solid foundation uh, um, in, I guess, not, it was very hard to find the degree. I should say I was looking for cyber safety. I know cybersecurity is really important, but I really wanted to look at the behavioral side of things. Um, and that includes the mind of the predator, et cetera. And this is a 50-50. So I'll be, 50 of it is psychology and 50% of it is actual cybersecurity and how to protect your computer, et cetera. Because I'm working with my husband, who's, a, who's um, as I've mentioned earlier, a psychiatrist and who has, we're starting to see an influx that's the only way of describing it, of teenagers mm -hmm. with significant issues, which uh, can, in, in a reasonable number of them, can be pointed or, let's say, traced to screen use. What I'm hoping to do uh, is basically to be in a position where I can actually coach and advise parents. And we could work as a, I've got a few psychologists who we work closely with. And if an issue is getting, if I can see an issue is, not manageable just with that approach to refer them on to one of the psychologists. And if that's not working, then my husband is there as the psychiatrist if medical intervention is necessary. I really want to come from a pre preventative approach. I'd, um, my What I'd really like to do is work with younger um, families, uh, families of young children. I believe that they're in an amazing position to mm. form communities where children are protected. I make it a point at home to, if I'm using my computer with my son, I'll be making a point to let him know that it's, I'm using it as a tool. So I'll be like, mommy's got a reply to an email for daddy. And I'll explain that and then I'll close the lid. There's mm -hmm. no screen entertainment in our home at all, apart from some television, which is quite limited. And so how have you seen, um, just on a personal level with your family and with your son, What's the difference with raising your first two um, kind of traditionally, you know, and then finding out what you know now and kind of pulling back all the entertainment stuff? What does that look like now in your home? His imagination is the thing that I keep um, going back to. He, he, he's the, he has the most incredible imagination. He gets totally absorbed in play. And that's precisely what I want for him. Yes. Um, I, I should add it's not easy. Uh, I know that he's now nearly eight and every year it's going to get harder because there's that influence from his peers who are allowed mm -hmm. to do these things. However, I've explained to him why. You know, I, I, I've actually gone as far as to say things like, you know, um, the people say, for example, the man who invented Lego, he never had any screens. 
And that's why he was able to be so creative. My son quite likes to hear that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And we have a lovely time together. We, um, I think that we forget how short childhood really is. Um, and I really, really want to preserve his childhood. So if it means that I've got to put my own stuff one, to one side and build a puzzle with him or play Cluedo or Monopoly or watch, if we do watch something, sometimes it's a nature documentary and that's a, we love doing that together because they're beautiful to watch and he's fascinated by the animals and as am I. So I think it's that connection which you miss if everybody is in their own corner, absorbed mm -hmm. on a screen. That's the one thing I would notice is the connection time we have. That's so wonderful. I love that. Um, and I can attest to that too in our family. It's when you make effort to look up from the screen and get out of that bubble, like Melanie calls it, <laughs> you know, a lot of people tell us like, you've just got your kids in a bubble and you just need to let them, you know, experience life. And it's like, well, we are, when you're not on a screen, you're actually outside of the bubble. Absolutely. Um, you know, look up and you can have real life experiences and what a difference that is. That's so great. What would you tell parents that really feel alone in this? Maybe they have that gut check that something's going on um, with their child because of those behavioral issues like your daughter was suddenly having, or maybe they just know in their gut, like, you know what, I want to delay these entertainment screens. I don't, but everybody around us is doing it. What do you say to those parents that just really feel alone in this? Well, I think that they're communities. Um, there's Screen Strong. There's Not My Kid. We've, we are we are building a community online um, where we we do support each other in this. Um, I would say that if you've got any gut feeling whatsoever about anything like this, follow it, mm -hmm. trust it, yes. um, because I'm regardless of the age of your child, it will only get harder as they get older. Uh, the battle you have with an eight-year-old is not the same battle you'll have with a 14-year-old. That is probably the most important thing I, I, I urge parents to, to consider because I'm obviously in a primary school. These are parents, some of them, who don't have older kids. Um, and I should add, I haven't just been through my daughter's um, experience my elder mm -hmm. son I've had experiences we've had cyberbullying um we have had a sexting incident and we um he lost a friend to suicide last year so the problems get a lot bigger as they get older and a lot mm -hmm. more serious and I think we mustn't imagine that our little eight-year-old who's listening to our rules will be that same child when they're an adolescent if you have any gut feeling that there's something not right then um, reach out, reach out to me, reach out to to ScreenStrong. E even though we're on the internet, um, we can point you in the right direction. Um, I'm trying to build a network in Australia of like-minded clinicians who I'm able to also refer on to if need be. Um, I attended a conference recently on gaming, internet gaming disorder. And so I've got a couple of names already, which it was fascinating, um, just reinforced my position. <laughs> I bet it did. I bet yeah, it did. With, without a doubt, without a doubt. And the most, the, one of the fascinating parts of that was actually one of the, there's a child and adolescent psychiatrist here in Australia who actually works with internet gaming disorder. And he himself is a recovering addict. Personal experience is probably, um, you know, the, the, the best experience you can have. But his message was just very, very clear. And so there are people that can help. So in answer to your question, if you've got a gut instinct, just, just reach out. We, we, will, we will help you. Yes, I agree. I agree. It's so important just to know that you're not alone. 
parents are not alone. This is this is going on in so many homes across the world now, especially after you know the pandemic. And um, we're finding. Are you finding that a lot too? Especially like in your husband's practice, are you seeing a lot more due to the pandemic and children being at home? What we're seeing, because he's now seeing from the age of fourteen, he he's he, he doesn't go under, he doesn't go younger than that. But um, what we're seeing, interestingly, and um, is an increase in depression. But we're also seeing an increase in um, ADHD diagnosis. So people seeking a diagnosis for ADHD. Now, that's a very interesting. That's very interesting because that can be traced straight back to the screens. It can be yeah. traced straight back to how much sleep are you getting at night, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's what he's seeing a lot of people saying, I must have ADHD all of a sudden, <laughs> just now, yeah. you know, I must have it. Yeah. I n- never had it before, but I definitely must have it now. And he, in his questioning, he can trace that back to, to, to over, overuse of, of screens and, that, and not just children, teenagers and adults. Yeah. I would say that it's affecting adults, our brains a lot too. And when we realize that as adults, how much it's affecting our brains, we have to look at how much it's affecting developing brains. Absolutely. Without without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, it's out there. The science is there. It's it's, science takes a long time to catch up, but you know, it's there. The evidence is there. And so when I have a parent who says to me, well, everybody else's child is on it. Um, I know I'm going to get that from my own son. I guess I will, you know, my, my, my position is there are going to be many times as we parent where we have to take a firm position and a position that may be very much in the minority to what other parents are taking. Um, so mm-hmm. we really just have to, I, I think, con- we have to start as we mean to go on. I'm really referring to things like um, parents who allow drinking in their home. Certainly that I've seen a lot of that with my own, um, certainly with my son's friends, parents. That's just something we did not allow. And interestingly, he still had tons of kids who were happy to come over. So I think not being afraid to be the parent who is uh, standing out of the box, if you want. Yes, and I think it's such an important important character trait to teach our children too to stand apart from the crowd, to stand on their own and not go with the crowd. It's what we try to teach them from a young age. And for some reason, once the technology enters, we all kind of just go, okay, everybody go this direction. But I think it's so neat to see so many families catching on to this between your work with Not My Kid and with Screen Strong. We see it in our families group on Facebook. You know, there's more and more parents that are being brave, just like you've been brave, you know, with your story and they're standing up for their kids and they're saying no more, you know, we're going to stand out from everybody else. And it might not be popular now, but your kids are going to be so much better off later on. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think it's also part of what, with not my kid, part of what I like to try to say is we're empowering you. If you're empowered as a parent with the education, you're in a far better position to put your foot down and say, absolutely no. And these are the reasons why. It's um, There's so much on social media that is detrimental to the well-being of our children that in my opinion, it should be an 18 plus and non-negotiable. <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen a lot of material personally and some has some of it um, has left me 
rattled for days. So I I think we really have to consider what they are uh, absorbing in terms of screen material. And I I should say I'm not anti the internet. It's a very Mm -hmm. typical comment that I get from people. Well, you know, the internet's here to stay. You can't just be anti-technology. I'm not. I think it's great to be used as a tool. Mm -hmm. Um, We all need to use it as a tool. But I think there's so much more to life as far as entertainment's concerned. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love all of this. You are so passionate about what you're doing and it shows. And, you know, we've had the opportunity to watch your organization grow. You've seen ours grow. And I've just, we're so honored to kind of team up with you. So just as we close, do you have, and just to kind of put you on the spot here, but what would your final word of advice be to parents out there? you know, from toddlers to teens, that's who we have listening. Um, that's our audience. You know, what would just your biggest word of advice be to them? Delay, delay and get them active, get them out, do it with them, find something that you like to do outside together. I know we're all time poor, but we all like going fishing. That's something in our family we love to do. I would, those are my two, two my, the, my two bits of advice is please delay as long as you can any gaming or social media for their mental health and yeah, keep them, keep them active. Yes. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing just your passion and your um, drive for all of this. It just, it means a lot. Oh, thank you. And thank you, Mandy, for inviting me. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to be an ambassador now. We're on the same page hundred (laughs) percent. So it's very exciting to have found you. Okay. Well, I hope you all enjoyed listening today and really were encouraged and inspired. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends Um, and head over to our website, which is screenstrong.com to donate and to learn more about our Screen Strong Challenge, which is a seven-day detox we've created for you and your family to kind of just Get that first feel of what it feels like without the screens and how awesome your life can be. Also on our website is our free Kids Brains and Screens 101 educational experience. Um, If you go to our website and click on the Learn tab, you'll find that. And that is an excellent resource to go through on your own or take your friends through, your spouse through. Also make sure to join our community, which is a Screen Strong Families Facebook group. It's a private group of parents, and we're about 2,000 strong at this point. And you're going to find other parents in there just like you that are you know, trying to eliminate these screen conflicts. And then also make sure you go and find Jen's site on Facebook as well. It's called Not My Kid, and we will put all of her information in the description below. So remember... We've got your back and we're here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong.